Welcome to Surveillance Report 14, your weekly source of privacy and security news. Today is pretty intense as we have a lot of political tension coming from the US, as well as some misfit and company news. Today's episode is brought to you by our communities. We offer plenty of ways for you to interact with like-minded people passionate about privacy and security. We have a Discord server. If you don't like Discord, that is bridged with our Matrix room. We also have a Telegram group. And if you'd like to join a more tight-knit community and support our work, we have our Patreon as well, where I livestream once a month and post frequent updates on the knockoff Snapchat story feature. Enjoy the rest of the weekly report. This week's company news opens up with Zoom, who never fails to bring us more problems. First, there have been two new discovered vulnerabilities that can lead to arbitrary code execution. One vulnerability relies on animated GIFs within messages. The other includes shared code snippets. There is a lot more information on how those specifically work in the sources. Both of the vulnerabilities have been patched. The second Zoom article, on one hand, Zoom has announced it's planning on utilizing end-to-end -end encryption very soon. Rejoice! But wait, only for paid users! So all free users have to live without end-to-end -end encryption, in order for Zoom to better comply with FBI and local law enforcement. I think of all things Zoom has done, this is the one that should make us all realize they're not really working for our best interest. This is very similar to how other companies have locked away security as a paid right. You have Microsoft, for example, who limits BitLocker to only Windows Pro, which is kind of ridiculous when you think about it, as it likely doesn't cost them any more money to port that over to Windows Home, and security really shouldn't be a privilege. Zoom was the only company with more than one story, so the rest are others that we'll try to run through quickly. Google has been sued by a class action accusing the search giant of illegally invading the privacy of users inside of incognito mode. This is attacking the idea that despite advertising privacy, Google still gathers data through Google Analytics, ad managers, and other applications and website plugins, including smartphone apps, regardless of whether users click on Google-specific offerings. WhatsApp has fixed a flaw that allowed search engines to show users' phone numbers inside search results. This affected users who used the click-to-chat feature and exposed their numbers in plain text. As many as 300,000 people may have been affected. Honda, the car manufacturer, has confirmed they were hit by a cyber attack that brought major parts of their production to a standstill, likely caused by the Snake ransomware. Slack, the chat platform, has removed a blog post from their site talking about how police use their platform and technology a few days after the beginning of the George Floyd protests, which we'll talk a lot more about in the politics section today. Slack has declined to comment on the matter. Apple has patched the zero-day utilized by the recent Uncovered jailbreak we covered last week, which applies to several of the newest versions of iOS. I'm glad Apple patched this faster than the Apple mail bug. And our last company article comes from Firefox, who is planning on allowing users to export saved password credentials to a CSV text file, allowing easy import into services like KeePass and other password managers. Hopefully this makes it easier for users to switch away from saving passwords within their browser. Bravo. Research this week was pretty slow, but there's still quite a bit to cover. A researcher has discovered a zero-day in Apple's sign-in with Apple functionality that allowed someone with just your email ID to take over your accounts on your favorite websites or apps. 
disaffected third parties utilizing sign-in with Apple that didn't implement additional security measures. Apple has paid the researcher $100,000 and said this hasn't affected any users. Add this to Apple's poor security track record as of late. Seriously, if you haven't tuned into last week's episode yet, I'd highly recommend tuning into last week's episode as Apple has just been getting hit left and right here when it comes to cybersecurity. Two new vulnerabilities have been discovered which can be used to leak data across Intel CPU cores. This supposedly has been discovered since September of 2018, and they've been working with Intel to get it resolved. Luckily, newer Intel CPUs are not affected, similar to other vulnerabilities. It seems like there have been software improvements, and this doesn't seem to have been utilized in the real world. This was all more of a proof of concept. 300 million Truecaller users have suffered a data leak, mostly affecting its Indian user base. This isn't the first time Truecaller has undergone an attack, as they had one in 2013, as well as some other privacy concerns from 2016. Our final study today shows that even after a data breach, only a third of users changed their passwords. To make things worse, only about a third of the users who changed their passwords at all utilized strong passwords. For those who don't math, that's 9% of people who actually took proper precautions following a data breach. The research blames a lack of education, as well as breached services themselves for not pushing users into updating their passwords properly. Politics this week, you can imagine, was very US-focused. In fact, it was all US. For those who've been living under a rock, a black man, George Floyd, was murdered by police force in Minneapolis, sparking protests all over the country and even the world for over the last week or so. This has had many privacy and surveillance-focused issues that come along with it. First, contact tracing, which we've been extremely critical of as privacy advocates, has already had its first potential misuse for surveillance, as Minnesota officials have stated they're using contact tracing to track protesters. It's unclear if this is strictly malicious, but it's still alarming and should ask the question if it was abused in any way. The Drug Enforcement Agency, or the DEA, has been temporarily granted the power to, quote, enforce any federal crime committed as a result of the protests. This allows new surveillance and intelligence to be conducted on protesters. The senior attorney for the ACLU calls this an, quote, unwarranted investigation. Our next article covers a Predator B drone from nearby Air Force bases that have made several passes over protesters in Minneapolis, followed by reports of the military and FBI flying surveillance planes over several American cities, including Washington DC, Las Vegas, and supposedly more, with rumors of including signals intelligence that intercept cellular communications from protesters. As scary as this all is, it's nothing new that hasn't already been done. I cannot recommend the book eyes in the sky enough. I summarized the main parts of the book on my channel, which I'll leave linked, as well as the book itself below. We have a surveillance state constantly watching us from the sky, and you would never even be able to see it. These are projects like Gorgon Stare, which are all covered in the book, and yes, this is all real. It's super scary stuff, and seriously, uh, I would highly recommend looking into that. I think it's kind of criminal how little attention these kind of projects, books, and resources get, because these are real projects being implemented day to day that affect US citizens every single day. So that summarizes the emerging surveillance and privacy concerns with recent civil unrest in the US. There is one last US update unrelated to the protests. Senators are aiming to pass a contact tracing privacy bill, which ensures people can't be forced to use the tech, 
and that data can't be used for advertising or commercial purposes on top of the fact that people can delete their data. This is awesome, and it makes me question why there's been no similar moves for the privacy battle as a whole. Only California felt the need to offer its American version of GDPR. Either way, good job trying to get this initiative passed. Let's hope it is successful. This wouldn't be Surveillance Report 14 without mentioning our misfits. The first being the recent Brave Browser affiliate scandal. In short, Brave has been suggesting affiliate links in the Omnibar, and the real problem is when the URL was incomplete, URLs for Binance were being auto-completed to be the Brave affiliate link. This was never clearly disclosed to users. This doesn't affect user privacy and security, but it's a huge breach of trust. I covered this much more thoroughly on the YouTube channel, and I'll leave that linked below as well, which includes Brave's responses and how the whole scandal played out, as well as what it means for you. After that whole incident, I have moved all of my business devices, which were previously using Brave, back to Firefox, as bad as it is for Google-specific websites, which aren't really well optimized for Firefox. Thank you, Google. That is one shitty move to completely make other competitors look worse than they actually are. Our final misfit and article of the week is about Anonymous, the hacktivist movement, or whatever you want to call them. They have supposedly returned during the George Floyd protests. It's unknown if this has anything to do with the original group back in the day, but it's never really been a strictly organized group. It's a loose collective, as they like to call it. Either way, it seems the idea and philosophy of Anonymous is back. They've been rumored to have DDoSed the Minneapolis police force, but it's mixed if this is true. Let's see if this movement continues, or if they're just a one-night wonder. That, everybody, is the weekly report. If you enjoy what we do, make sure to leave us a five-star rating if you're listening from somewhere like iTunes, and give us a like if you're tuning in to the video on YouTube. Subscribe on whatever platform you're on to catch next week's report. And finally, don't forget this episode is brought by our communities, so make sure to take a look at those in the description to be a part of those. Thanks for watching, everybody, and see you in next week's surveillance report.